Hi friends, Erica here, and I wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by my friends over at YM Dental Lab. They are offering two free zirconia crowns for all new customers. Check them out at ymdentallaboratory.com for more information. Now, on with the show. Hey friends, in this week's episode, I get the pleasure of interviewing Valerie Trujillo of Dental Billing Experts. Valerie started her remote dental billing company during the pandemic. And let me tell you friends, the pandemic sure did change the landscape of dental billing. A lot of people decided and realized, including Valerie, that they no longer wanted to work in an office and they preferred to do the billing from home. And that's exactly how Valerie got started. Valerie started with two offices one and a half years ago, and now she's at 15 clients with multiple practices and she tells such a great story and shares her journey and so if you've ever thought about opening up your own dental billing company this is definitely the episode for you on a side note if the audio sounds a little different or a lot different it is because i am recording this intro from the comfort of my car. (laughs) I literally have my two toy poodles sitting next to me, staring at me and wondering what the heck I'm doing. I am trying to stay on track and deliver this episode to you as promised. And Valerie and I talk about that when you're talking about opening your own remote billing company and what her secret sauce is to success. So stay tuned, listen in, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Valerie Trujillo, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited about interviewing you today. You have such an inspirational story about how you started your remote dental billing business, Dental Billing Expert. I can't wait for the listeners to hear about your story, your journey, how you started, where it has been going, and where you are now. Before we get into that, though, I like to ask all of my guests, where did you grow up? And what were you like as a little girl? Well, first off, hi, everyone. Uh, Erica, thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited to do this. You know, I love speaking to you. And and even more so, I love showing everyone that, you know, that it is possible that if you want to do it or, or that anything you set your mind to do, you can do. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Miami. I was born and raised. I still live here. I will <laughs> never leave Miami. Um, I don't blame you. I love my hometown. I love the weather. Everybody says, oh no, because it's so hot. Oh, I hate the cold. Mm. I don't know if it's just because I grew up here. I was born here. I just, I love Miami. As a little girl, I pretty much was the same as I am now. Very <laughs> hyper, very friendly, <laughs> always wanting to be friends with everyone, talk to everybody. It's just my personality. I think I've always been like that since I was little. My, or at least my mom said that I wouldn't shut up when I was little. So. <laughs> I had one person tell me that, that as they were a little girl, they were a good student, but the on their report card, it says, you know, she talks too much. And so I, like me. I, I, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. You're very social. 
Mm -hmm. I've been around you in many different social settings. You've come out to California and spent time with me. I've gone out to Miami. You welcomed me into your home, into your home office. And so that's kind of where I want to start because you and I met, oh gosh, I would say a year and a half ago. And I would say more. No, maybe it's two years. Maybe it's been two years. About two years. So you and I met because you were reaching out to different individuals with experience. And you were looking for a mentor, a coach, you were just looking for someone to guide you into the journey of entrepreneurship and starting your remote dental billing company. So talk to us about that, because I met you uh, when you were still working out of your home. I know now you have this big office with a team of people that, you know, multiple clients. We'll get to that in a second, but walk us through how your journey began. When did you start thinking about starting your own remote billing company? Let's, let's go before, let's go pre-entrepreneurship. Pre-entrepreneurship. So I actually worked uh, in dental since I was 18. Um, I started off as front desk, you know, where we all start off. Mm -hmm. It was my first job right after graduation. I, I graduated high school and I met this dentist and she's like, do you want to work in my front desk? Okay. And I told her, I don't know anything. I just graduated high school last month. She said, it's (laughs) fine. We'll teach you everything. So I actually, I was actually trained to do everything uh, with EagleSoft in the front desk. So I was making appointments. I was uh, walking out patients. I was checking insurances. I was doing, you know, the everything that front desk does. However, I was not doing billing and we were still in paper charts. Mm. I'm not that old guys, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we were still doing paper charts. So it wasn't, um, it was, we, it was through EagleSoft, but we had the chart. And so every, like the day before I would go and search for the chart, prepare mm. for the next day, have everything ready, the super bills, you know, the whole nine yards. And that's where I started like realizing, you know, that I started liking it. I would realize that the manager there would take, she would, she would ask me for the, the charts like a week later, and she would be like, oh, because I'm about to bill for the last two weeks. So it was a thing for people to bill late um, mm. back then. I guess it was because there was so, I guess electronic billing was so new. Mm-hmm. So so they would still send like paper claims. And so from there, I realized that I started learning more and I started applying for other jobs where I would be able to do a little bit more things and get paid a little bit more. Because my first dental job, I was getting paid $10 an hour. So from there, I went on to work at another dental office, front desk, um, same thing. But I was already making a little bit more money because I had a little bit more experience. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I started going up treatment coordinator, uh, assistant manager. I worked uh, as an assistant manager for a big practice for about three years uh, until I got promoted to office manager. And then after that is when I started working as an office manager. And my my last job before I created my own business was working as a regional manager for three practices. So I was running three practices, um, very busy practices. There was multiple doctors. So I would pretty much do everything. I would bill for all three practices. I was in charge of the team. I was doing payroll. I was doing doctor payroll. 
So associate payroll, which would take me a whole day to do. Was that on a percentage and yes, like it was. a daily it was minimum a... or percentage, whichever is greater? So what was, was the percentage in, in that, in those practices? Because from what I understand, California is a lot lower than um, the East Coast. I could be wrong, but what was the percentage? Oh, definitely. Had? So we have, uh, so the way here in Miami, which is, I want to say 90% of the practices do it this way. Uh, we give the doctor a minimum. So they have to make about, uh, depending on how much the practice makes, but for example, our practices, the doctor had to make a minimum of $2,500 a day. You add it up, right? Because there's going to be days where they make more and there's going to be days where they make less. So if, for example, I don't have a calculator here, but 2,500 times 30, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever that amount was, that was their goal for the month. Mm. So if they did not make their goal, they would get paid $650 the day that they worked, right? The whole day. Okay. If they made their goal, they would get 35% of what was collected. Hi, friends. Erica here. And I just wanted to pop in and give you a personal invite to our next event, Dental Billing Disrupted, which is happening in Atlanta, Georgia on April 20th. This speaker lineup is insane, and we are going to cover everything dental billing and then some. If you're interested in learning more about the event, go to the link in my show notes, and I hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. Got it. Okay, so 35%. I believe here... In California, we're around 30, 31%. And And even now our doctors here are are asking for more. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. That was just a side question, friends. I just, you know, I I always get curious when I speak to individuals who are doing like owner functions, because that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of an owner function or a more advanced management function. That's not something that your basic manager would be doing. Right. No. Okay. So, so you're now you're working for three practices. You're the regional, you're pretty much doing everything. everything. I was doing like, like most of the rock star regionals and office managers, we end up doing everything. I remember the last doctor that I worked for, I was handling his personal finances. I was the picture perfect definition of what a work wife is. And I mean, I did everything. So I totally understand that role. It's almost like a blessing and a curse at the same time, because I believe that that last role that I had for the last office, the last doctor that I worked for, we had eight practices and I had a power of attorney to run them as acting owner. And it was the best experience and the worst experience all at the same time. And it has, though that experience was hard when I was in the thick of it, it has become the experience that has enabled me to take me into entrepreneurship and doing what I do now. So I'm assuming that that's what happened with you as well, that you went from this rock star role with three practices under your belt. And then what? Tell us what happened next. So then pandemic hit. And so we had to send everyone home, obviously, because, you know, that office is closed. So pretty much everyone was sent home um, and they had to claim unemployment, except for me. Hmm. I had to stay at work. I had to work the whole pandemic trying to get that office. I was calling insurances. You know, some of them would answer. Some of them, there was a a message that would say, you know, due to pandemic, we have no workers at the time. 
Um, I was trying to ha- like, you know, handle all the open claims. I was trying to do so many things that I normally didn't have time to do during, you know, when we were open. And, and then I started realizing, wow, when I dedicate time to this, I'm good at it because I started seeing these claims get paid. And, you know, I was like, man, I sent an appeal for that like three times, but I just worded it differently. And now I got paid because I was actually focused as opposed to me running, doing this, doing that. If they didn't close that, if, you know, if they wouldn't close a a $50,000 treatment plan, I would be like, hold on, let me go try and close it. Because Mm -hmm. if you couldn't close my treatment plan coordinators couldn't close it, it was, it was my turn to step in because I didn't want to lose the patient. So it would take me away from my day to day, which was, you know, handling everything else. So when I start seeing this during pandemic that I have no patience, I have all this time in the world and I'm dedicating all this time to the billing, to the appeals, to the denials. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I love this. Would you say that this is where your, your light would light up and this is where you had your aha moment and you thought, 100%. this is, this is what I was meant to do. This is what I love doing. If I could wake and do this, I would be the happiest woman in the world. A hundred percent. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did management for the pay, for the money. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that, Valerie. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm so, yeah. I, I think it's very brave. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but I think a, a lot of people would be afraid to admit that they go into work for the pay. Yeah. I'm not be necessarily because they're in love with what they do anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So some people, for me, management was where I lit up, but coding and billing is where my offices would light up with me, you know? So I have a passion for, for training people. Obviously that's why I love doing what I'm doing, but nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Yeah, with that. yeah no, absolutely. I was doing it just for the money. Uh, I would, I would hate, look, you know, when they would tell me, Oh, I forgot to do it. I'd be like, Oh, it's fine. I'll just do it. So it, like, you, you know, that's not what a manager is supposed to do. And like with a whole delegating, you know, and there was a lot of things. It just wasn't for me. Um, my girls still love me. They still, they still call me to this day. And, you know, they tell me, we miss you come back. And I'm like, you miss me because I was a pushover. <laughs> Let's be honest. You guys miss me because I was a pushover oh, and I would never tell you guys anything. And so I just realized that just billing was my thing I was like wow I was I was good at it it was it wasn't even that that it was my that I was it would light me up like you say but it was just something that I was good at Mm -hmm. so like something that I would I would get a claim paid and I would get excited I'd be like oh my god yes I got it paid I would get excited (laughs) and like I started realizing that normal people don't get excited for those things right well people that don't enjoy billing the way we do they don't get excited for stuff like that I know I used to have my moments when um I would get the claim paid down to the penny, like everything that you anticipated, it got paid right down to the penny. That was, this was gosh, way before like TPAs were the biggest thing. And, you know, now we have third-party administrators all over the place. Um, The the landscape of billing has completely changed since I started in the mid nineties, but now it's a completely different ball game. Uh, In fact, if I can add to that, I find that billers like yourself, um, how much experience would you say you have? Um, So I've been working in dental for 10 years uh, because I'm 28. So it's Mm -hmm. 10 years. I started when I was 18. But for billing, I want to say about six years. Okay. So the reason I'm asking is is because I want to make this statement. I have found 
in the many years that I've been coaching, which is about 15 years now, I have found that the more experience you have under your belt, the less relevant you are to today's billing landscape. And I know I I could offend some people by saying that, and I'm sorry if I do, but my experience has been that the newbies or the newer billers in dentistry tend to be more tech savvy and dentistry, not only do our codes evolve every year, but technology is evolving faster and faster. And in order for you to stay relevant in dentistry, not only do you have to stay on top of your codes, you have to stay on top of technology. And that is not a skill set that us oldies, but goodies all of us have, myself included, I am not tech savvy. And if it wasn't for my team, if it wasn't for the people that I surround myself with, um, they make me look really tech savvy, but honestly, I'm not. Um, You know, when I find myself recruiting for a biller, when I find myself, yeah, I mean, recruiting, looking for new talent, technology, tech savviness is, is something that is as important as knowing your codes, knowing the insurance, you know, requirements and all of that good stuff. So, all right. I am not a tech savvy either, but when I learn something from my IT, like they'll teach me and they'll tell me like this, and this is how you're going to do the setup. Like once they teach me, that's it. I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as tech savvy where, where I'll be the one to initiate. Yeah. But once they teach it to me, I got it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you have a hard time figuring out how to, I don't know, write up a proper email, you know, you're pecking the keyboard with your two index pointer fingers I would say you're not very tech savvy. So um, I'm talking about, you know, the ability to type, the ability to put a a professional email together, the ability to navigate through a practice management software. So if you have a hard time with technology, you you fumble through working with your phone, you're probably going to have a hard time being a biller in today's dental uh, economy you know, and dental landscape. It's going to be very difficult for you. So, okay. So now you have, you have all this experience and you realize, boom, I'm really good at billing. I get my stuff paid. Um, You realize that appeals are really not that hard. Uh, It's just telling the story in a different way, which is what I tell everybody is, you know, every time you send in an appeal request, tell the story a different way. You're going to tell the same story, but you're going to say different things. You are at the point of what you realize you're good. You love this. Right. So, so yes. So since, you know, I'm I'm here to tell my story. So I I got very, um, I don't know how to say it without it sounding, you know, truthful, but (laughs) so truthful. I got bored of dental. (laughs) I was, so it was pandemic. I was in the office by myself and I was loving billing. But then when they said that they were going to open again, I was like, oh no. I was like, I don't want to deal with patients again. I don't want to sell treatment plans. I don't want to run the staff anymore. At that point, I decided, so I got a bachelor's back in 2015 and I decided I wanted to go back to school and I wanted to start a small billing company to be able to pay some bills while I went back to school because I decided I wanted to do nursing. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. But I guess in this moment of my life where, you know how, when we're so unsure of like, what we're so bored of something and you want something different, something to change. And so you decide, you know what, let's do something crazy. Like (laughs) go back to school after all 
all your student loans are paid off and everything. So I, I went ahead, I, I take, I take my exams, I get accepted into nursing school and I start. And I started off with my first client being the practices that I was working for. And I said, oh, you know, I can handle these three practices. I'll do all the billing. I'll do all of their claim payment postings. I'll do all their denials. And I was great for, you know, to start off. Then I started seeing that I wasn't paying the bills. Mm. So I decided to onboard, to decide to onboard more clients. And that is when I sat down and I was like, what am I doing? I don't know how to start a business. <laughs> and so I went online and I started, uh, you know, searching for mentors, searching for billing experts, searching for people that have been in the street, in, in this industry for a while to kind of help me. Yeah. And so I, I reached out to a couple people, including you. And out of those people, Erica was the only one to write back to me. The other people, I don't know if they never received my message or if they just... That's interesting. Or if, you know, I'm not sure. And, you know, I want to say that maybe I wonder. a lot of times in this business, what I've been noticing is that um, people try to take it as competition. And like I told Erica the other day, when you have students that want to come um, observe, you know, a week in my office and see how we do things, see how we handle so many clients, you know, I'm so open to it. There is a dentist in every corner. There is business for everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the only bidder in Miami. Yes, I don't want is. that. So I was like, in my head, I was just thinking, you know, maybe they don't want to mentor me because they think I'm going to take away their business or because, you know, there's, you know, there's this type of competition, like, oh, I'm not going to teach you my secrets or something like that. And so Erica was the only one to reach back to me. And I remember being so excited when I saw her. <laughs> I think you wrote back saying, like, excited oh, too. I was super excited too. I was, yeah. Great. And I, I was looking at, I would, I would see all your stories and I would always watch your lives. And <laughs> I would, you know, I was always on top of it. And whenever you would post something new, I'd be like, oh my God, oh my gosh, she posts something new. So I was so excited. And, and that's when, you know, I, I got together with you. I flew out to California and you helped me. Um, you were a big, big part of my business. You helped me get on track. You helped me organize my business. You helped me uh, create a name for myself. You helped me get organized because I was lost. Um, mm -hmm. I was scared. I was a puppy. So you helped me expand my wings. Um, you helped me realize my potential. Yes. I knew I was capable of doing these things but you helped me understand you can do it. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's very funny that I do want to say something. One thing that stuck with me that Erica always told me was, I know right now you want to take all the clients and you know you want to say yes, 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 yes to everyone. You can't do that because yeah. there, are, there are clients that are not for you. And when I tell you guys that that has not been, that that has been the most truthful thing that I have heard, mm -hmm. there is nothing, there's nothing more important than that. Yeah, it, it's understanding that as billers, we cannot take and not everybody's our client, not everybody. And that's, that's one of the things that I wish I would have learned early in my career. I, I worked for the doctors that wanted to penny pinch me and squeeze every ounce of energy out of me and give me, you know, pennies in return. I've worked for the doctors who have written bad checks and, you know, never called me back and, you know, questioned, am I built for stuff like this? And, and that's one of the things that I like to, to tell my, the people that I mentor is if there's one lesson you can learn early in your journey is don't feel the need to take on 
every single person who wants, who expresses desire to work with you, because not everybody is your ideal client. And I watched you go through that because when you and I first started working together, it was, I saw you on your phone a lot. It was almost like the business was, the business was not necessarily driving you. You were not in control of the client because you wanted, you were very eager eager to please them. And we all go through that. But one of the things that I saw very quickly in you after we had that conversation was, you know what, Erica, I dropped that client. I told her, you can't call me at 10 o'clock at night. She didn't like it. And I said, well, then go find somewhere else to, you know, do really. And I was so proud of you because I was, I wish somebody could have told me that because I probably would have done what you did and been so much further along. And now you have how many clients under your belt? 13. (laughs) 13 clients. Well, 13 and I signed, I signed two this week. Two. Yeah. We were just talking about it before we pressed record. I I forgot to include them because they're so new. 15 15. clients. 15. I forgot to include them because they're so good. Friends, some of her clients have multiple locations. Right. So we're not talking about we're not talking about 15 offices. We're talking about 15 owners, right? Right. So that makes up many offices. Cause I know one of the clients that you just signed up has three offices, three offices. So you're going to be doing my first client has three offices. Mm -hmm. And then another client has two offices. And how big is your team? I have not just you. I want people to understand Valerie is not doing this all by herself. Oh, no. I started off by myself. Yes. She started by herself. Yes. I started Um, by myself. Now I have a team of six. mm. Um, It's six of us. We, we are, we're growing. We're actually uh, today when I saw that, you know, that the amount of work that just got added from these two new clients I was like, well, <laughs> let's put an ad out because yeah. we're hiring again. So we we renewed our lease in March um, for a bigger office. And we oh. actually uh, met with the building owner last week. Mm-hmm. And I told him that I need a bigger office so that when something opened up, because I felt like I was going to need more space. Yes. And without me even knowing that this week this was going to happen, that I was going to sign these two clients. So... Um, now we're looking for probably one or two more full-timers because all of us are full-timers. Wow. Um, my husband ended up leaving his job and And tell us where he was working. He was an executive at bank of America. So he had a pretty high position there. Um, A very cush job friends. Yes. And he, I remember this for 13 years, 13 years. This is what I remember about you and I and Leo. Uh, Leo is Valerie's husband. And I remember us speaking about Leo leaving his job eventually to help you with your business. And usually when that type of conversation happens, it's something that's going to happen years later. Mm -hmm. Like I thought, okay, for sure, Leo's going to stay at Bank of America at least three to five more years, right? Right. Friends, the next thing I know, six months later, He's left his job at Bank of America because they've gotten so busy. You guys bought a vacation home. We did. You have now an Airbnb business on the side. Like you are a entrepreneur through and through. Leo, you know, with his MBA, he's an entrepreneur as well. Right. He handles all that. So impressive. 
but I love your journey through dentistry and the fact that you didn't need all that stuff. You don't need the Airbnb business. You don't need, and I hate, sorry, Leo, if you hear this layer, um, you know, you don't need Leo. Like you didn't need all of that in order to get where you are. This happened because Valerie knows her stuff. Valerie, you were very passionate about owning your own remote billing company. You didn't give up through all of the challenges. And I've seen you go through the challenges. Um, you know, you invested, you came out to one of my workshops, friends, she flew out on her own. She just wanted to be a fly on the wall. In fact, I ended up throwing you in front of the audience and saying, okay, go Valerie. And <laughs> she was like, okay, I got this. Um, so, you know, you did that and you also came out and spent what, like three, it was supposed to be almost a full week. I do consider you a very big part of a personal story because, uh, you know, when you came out to spend a week with me, I had rented a remote office space, I remember. Uh, you know, and so that we had a more professional space. Cause at that time I was working out of my home and we had a, a, a home office. Unfortunately, the last day that you were here, I received a phone call uh, that my son had passed away. And I, I will never forget you being a part of that because I remember being in so much shock and still feeling like I have to meet with Valerie, you know, and, and you were telling me, no, 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 no. Don't worry about me. You go handle what you need to handle. But I was in so much shock friends that, you know, I had received that phone call that morning. And I think Valerie, you were literally on your way to I was, my house. I was on my way to your house. Um, and I, but, and, and it would, it shocked me that you were like, you know, you can still come, but I have to, you know, like, and I was just like, what? No. Yeah. I was in no. shock. Yeah. I was in complete shock. Um, but that is, you know, the, and, and friends, you know, that's part of the journey, right? The journey, I, I, the journey of life here, we are getting together for work and for business. And you may think that, you know, I was teaching you, but I was also learning a lot from you. Um, you know, because I believe that, you know, we learn from each other mm-hmm. and you may have less years of experience in dentistry than I do, but I still learn from you. You know, I still admire everything you've done. You know, there's, there's no reason to have that competitive mindset, especially, after, you know, you were so true uh, and right when you said there's enough business out there for everyone. There is. I mean, come on friends. Like you, you know, there is 50 states and in, yeah, in those 50, 50 states. states, there is a lot of dentists. Yes. And they all need billers. Uh, Every single one of them them needs fillers. I am grateful that you were here during that time. And I'm grateful. We're going to have a special bond forever. Oh, forever, forever. And, you know, I still remember the night before we went to dinner and it was just the two of us and we were talking girl talk and catching up. I don't think we talked about anything related to business the night before. We did not. We were just didn't. We were having our girl time. We were yeah, it was fun. It was was, yeah, it was so much fun. fun. I loved it. And so your journey through entrepreneurship has led you to 15 clients with multiple practices. Now you have a team of six growing to a team of eight potentially, right? Because right, yeah. Who knows? We'll put out the ad You're tomorrow. getting calls every day. 
I am. I have a, I have a, like I said, I have a meeting today in the afternoon with a new client, a prospective client, but um, like I was telling Erica, it, we don't always know how the, the client's going to be, but now I don't want it to seem like, oh, she's, you know, or now she picks and chooses who she wants to work with. Or I always say, listen, I'm not the person that you're looking for. But I can give you numbers of so many other people and you can maybe find someone that would, you know, that that's, that's what you need. But for example, for me, like I had a client once that said, you know, but I need you to come once a week and be here in the office. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I I don't do that. Now Mm -hmm. you need that. You know, there's other people that do do that, but I particularly don't do that. Right. So, you know, so it's, it's just being respectful with the clients and having them understand the way you work. And not bending over backwards for anyone. Um, like Erica said, I was getting calls at 10 p.m. at night. And my anxiety would would cause me to answer. Yes. And not to put the phone down. So then, you know, I have a, I have a, a little boy. You know, he's always like, Mommy, are you done? Mm-hmm. And, and he's so funny now because now he's bigger now. He's five. So he'll be like, Mommy, how many more patients do you have left to bill? <laughs> he's so cute. But yes, he's so funny. He's like, he's like Mommy, are you so charismatic. all the offices? He's so charismatic. I love he's Nico is so adorable and he's so well behaved. Uh, you've yeah, done a very good job. He is very well. He's so funny he, because he will literally say that. He will literally he say, be in the office with us when I, I remember when I went to your house and we were working out of your home office, we were kind of shadowing each other. So I remember yeah. seeing some of my clients and you would shadow me. And then I shadowed how you were doing things. And Nico was just so patient. Yeah. and so well behaved and it was it was a really nice thing to see so going back to what you just talked about picking and choosing if i could coach you a little bit through that of course that is something that is a privilege that we get as entrepreneurs there's a big difference between a newbie entrepreneur who's taking all the business because we've all been there right now you right. can see that you have are no longer there and we can preach all day long you know as in you know to all the new entrepreneurs new self-employed individuals don't take on everything just take on what is a good fit identify what is your ideal client I don't want you to feel guilty about your ability now putting yourself in a position. You've paid your dues to say, I now pick and choose who I work with because I am not going to be, I'm not going to be a victim of scope creep, right? So we have a scope of services that we render to our clients, right? Like we administer this scope of service. And a lot of clients, what they'll do is they'll try and push the boundaries and ask for you know, one little extra thing here, one little extra thing there. And before we know it, we're doing more than what we were hired for. That is called scope creep. Yes. And that is the I didn't know that's what client. it was called, but yes. We don't deal with scope creep anymore. And if you feel like you have someone who is going to be a boundary pusher and you don't feel like you're strong enough with your boundaries at this moment in time, then you want to be, get more clear about the type of client that you have, but you have already done that. You know, you have your, your, your feelers are experienced enough now where you can say, you know, this doesn't feel like a good fit. I think I'm going to give you a number to someone who is, could potentially be a good fit for you. And, um, you know, I wish you well, 
and, and be done with it and move on. I don't want you to feel bad about that. I want you to be, I want you to feel good about that. I want you to feel good about the fact that you paid your dues and you're there. You got there a lot quicker than I did. I'll tell you that much because I was in scope creep mode. My clients would call me, you know, at 11 o'clock at night just to have not even anything related to what, what I was supposed to be working um, around. It would just be kind of like, what is it? Like a venting session, you know, venting about their staff, venting about the billing, venting about whatever it was that they wanted to vent about. And like you, I would feel the anxiety and pressure to answer the phone. But the second that you start to feel like you do not like to see a certain name on your calendar, somebody's name pops up on your phone, that is the time to let that person go because they no longer bring you happiness to work, to work with them. Right. Right. And you have to be able, you have mastered the ability to recognize scope creep or potential scope creep and in a potential client. And you're like, I don't think so, buddy. So we're going to move on from exploring the idea of working together. Um, I've really enjoyed watching you grow as an entrepreneur. I've watched you from afar because I believe, you know, my son passed away in February of 2021 and it's taken me that long. It's taken me over about a year to, to really reconnect with the people that I was developing strong bonds with at that time, you know, and then I just kind of, I don't want to say I fell off the face of the earth because I, I, tried my best to stay in the game, but I did, I disconnected from personal relationships just because I was tired of talking about what happened to my son. Of course. And yeah. So, you know, I, but I did, I was, I was watching you and I was watching you, you know, you got, you had a beautiful wedding. You, you. I mean, your wedding was gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, You know, you, your wedding, your business flourished your, you, you bought your vacation home, your, you turned it into an Airbnb, you became a super host. Um, I, did. I know I did. that's so exciting. Um, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, one of the things that I did want to, um, to, to just add to what we were speaking about, um, with the, with the whole picking and choosing of the clients and stuff. If as a new biller, we take in what you told us, what you taught me, and what you, I'm sure you tell all your listeners and what you tell all your, you know, all the people that you're coaching, you need to be selective of people that are going to drain your energy because those are not the people for you because you will, you will give them a bad job when you don't want to do something. Like you said, when you, when you see their name pop up and you're like, Oh yes, automatically there, you already know that you're going to give them a bad job. So my recommendation always is like I said, be honest upfront and tell them, I'm not the biller for you. I'm not the company for you, but there are so many companies. Let me give you a couple of names of them. And maybe one of them will fit in with what you're looking for. I have not had to do any marketing at all. My marketing has been word of mouth from my clients. Mm -hmm. One refers the other one, then refers the other one, refers the other one. And I think that the most important thing you can do as like going into a business, like, like your own dental billing business would be to just give quality work to your clients. And I guarantee you, everything just falls into place. At the beginning, I know we're all scared and we're all like, oh my God, I want to get more clients. You know, one is not enough, two is not enough. And then they just start coming and they come by themselves. We don't even have to go look for them. So, okay, that's a good point. Define what quality work looks like to you outside of the norms. You know, like we have, 
you know, making sure that your claims get paid and X, Y, Z, but define so that the newer, the people that are thinking about jumping into creating their own remote dental billing service, um, what would you say is your claim to fame in getting those referrals? What does that look like? So to me, it's following through. If you promise the staff, the doctor, the front desk, the manager, anybody in that practice, if you promise them that you were going to get something done, you better get it done. So if you, if you agreed upon and you said, listen, I'm going to come every morning, I'm going to log in and I'm going to bill your claims for the day before those claims need to be built. Yes. If you said, if you said, I am going to print out an outstanding claims report once a month and follow up on the claims. You need to follow through. So it's just keeping your word and just being there. You know, when you have, if you're, if you're a biller, most of the time you've already worked in a practice. So you know how a practice is, you know how busy they are. You know how things change from one moment to the next. So it's just also being understanding that if they call you in the day and tell you, listen, I had an emergency and I'm confused. Can you help me out? This patient's coming in. I'm not sure what this is and that. And just being open to also, you know, obviously don't allow them to walk all over you, like you said, and and, and don't allow them to call you every day and none of that. But, you know, if it's a one-time thing, you know, it happens once in a blue moon and they call to ask you one little thing, don't disregard them. Don't, you know it's just, it's just being respectful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, they're calling you because you're, you're the expert. They don't know. Exactly. exactly. So, so I think that what has differentiated me. And like I said, in my, in the two years that I've been doing this, I think I have only, have only terminated a client once, which was that client that mm-hmm. you and I spoke about. Other than that, I have not lost any clients and I have not terminated any clients. I must be doing something right. Yes. So, so All right. So let's leave our listeners with a couple of pointers. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the listeners are thinking, I'm happy that Valerie now has this large company, you know, she's doing really well, but how do I get started? What did Valerie do? What was your first move? You know, how did you establish yourself? as okay <laughs> yes um so then then what like talk to us about how did you become dental billing experts so first off i would recommend everyone to to get a mentor i would recommend anyone to to reach out to erica or to anybody else that's mentoring and find yourself a mentor because it is very important um for someone that has already had a little bit of experience or a lot of experience like you know when i came to mm-hmm. erica she had years and years and years of experience under her belt. It's, it's very rewarding to speak to someone that you're not only learning so much from in the business aspect, but personal too. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that I learned from Erica that I, that I apply in my personal life as well. I think number one would be to find yourself someone to mentor you and help you that, that would, that's going to help you succeed. That wants you to succeed, because that's another thing. You can't just go to someone and say, and that person tell you, listen, I'm going to charge you X, Y, Z amount of money. And you come, you sit here, listen to it. And that's it. No, you need to find someone that's going to want to help you succeed. Because there is a lot of people that will take your money, sit there and teach you the basics and that's it. Bye-bye. And they don't put the personal touch into it. And I think that's what, you know, differentiates Erica. She wants you to succeed. She is not competitive. She wants all of us. You're not lying. I do. I, I do want you to succeed. I know. And, you know, I, I'm 
I hate to say this because it's probably not good for business, but I, when someone seeks my help, I don't charge you. You know, I don't, I don't charge to be a mentor to someone who's looking to succeed. It is just something that I find to be a privilege to work alongside of you. You know, uh, I can't do that for many people. I, but I do have continue to want to mentor and coach people. Um, but there are many ways within you because we can spend time together, you know, outside of, outside of coaching. Um, you know, so I do appreciate that. And, but most importantly, Valerie, I appreciate you letting me be a part of your, your journey because, you know, this is something that, you, you know, this is your life. This is your livelihood. And I appreciate you being a part of my story. Um, I think for one, one thing that I want the listeners to to understand is that you have to be consistent. You know, consistency is going to outweigh, outbox, outmatch. It'll out consistently will outmatch talent. It'll outmatch education. Like it's, it will outweigh all above else, right? So you have to maintain consistency. You have to wake up and have not huge wins in your business every day, but you have to have small wins they all add up yes, to the bigger do. picture, right? So you mm-hmm. think back to the days when, you know, you think I didn't get much done today, but you did, you may, you know, there was one little tiny movement in your business. And then a year later, boom, you have 13 clients, you right. know, because yeah. I mean, this has been a matter of a year and a half, right? When last time I met with you, you were still with the client that you let go, that you tried right. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was that client and maybe one other client that had three offices. So you, you were, you didn't have a lot of clients under your belt. You'd had no team. Leo was still at his job with bank of America. It was yeah. just you <laughs> and me right next to me. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, friends, Valerie has shown us that with consistency, determination, perseverance in a matter of a year and a half, you've gone from working out of your home to a large, uh, a large office with now a team of six growing, you're placing an ad tomorrow for potentially two more full-timers. Yes. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Dental billing experts came to life. And you brought that, you willed that thing into existence through blood, sweat, and tears. I know because I've been there and um, a lot of going to sleep late and a lot of waking up way too early. I remember that. I, oh my gosh, that just brought back a memory. I remember she would wait until Nico would go to bed and you would be up till three or four in the morning billing, billing. And I remember that. Yes. And I remember thinking this woman does not sleep I know. Uh, because you would be in your home office from normal business hours, you know, let's just say nine to five yeah. and then be a mom until your son went to bed. And yeah. then yeah. you were a business biller, a uh, dental biller, you know, from the time you went to sleep till whenever the job was done. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just how bad do you want it? That's how it is. Yep. How bad do you want it? Do you, if you want your business to succeed, you need to put in the work for it. 100%. And, you know, and, and, and doing all of that, I started learning different things. You know, United Concordia closes at 9 p.m. 
Delta Dental of California, because of the hour change, because of the hour difference, I was calling at 11 p.m. at night and they would answer. Wow. United Healthcare answers until 8 p.m. Aetna answers until 6 p.m. So it's just, I started, I started like, okay, so let me call all my Aetna denials before six. And then, and then I'd be like, let's leave TRICARE for later because TRICARE closes late. And then, oh, Delta Dental of California closes late. So let me call them later on. So like I had a, a list of my insurances. So it's like, it's, and, and it would be, sometimes, we learn. I'm yeah, and it would be sometimes 10 p.m. at night. And I'd be like, good evening. And you know, <laughs> the rep would be like, hello, are you, are you, are you on Miami time? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, but now, but now, but when you wake up in the morning, most of them don't open till like 10 a.m. Yep. Because of the mm-hmm. time difference. So, so wow. it was just, it was a challenge. Well, I mean, and those are just examples of the things that we do as entrepreneurs, you know, like these are the things that we don't realize we're setting up our future teams for. Like now you have this worksheet that says, look, you guys can call United Concordia up until this time. You guys, mm-hmm. so no excuse for United Concordia claims, you know, right. like it's, yeah, it's exactly so fun because now you're like, you have developed your own systems and you know what works for you and your clients. And I think that that has, that is exactly what I wanted to bring you on the podcast for today, because I just wanted to give some inspo to the listeners out there around starting your own remote dental billing company. You don't have to wait until you have it all figured out. You just have to decide that you want to do it. And you you figure things out as you go. And I would say, you know, for some of you, it's going to be easier to find your first clients like yourself, Valerie, you were able to go back to um, a previous employer and say, Hey, I can do that. That's very important. It's nice that you mentioned that it's very important because um, a lot of times, obviously, if you ended in good terms with your previous employers and, you know, you can definitely go and reach out and say, listen, I am, I am starting my own business. And, you know, I know that this was a big issue in your office because it's a big issue in all dental offices. So I wanted to reach out and, you know, offer you, you know, my services, you know, that, that type of marketing you can do. I mean, I, I, I encourage you to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I always say, if you're doing a good job uh, at it and you're, you know, you're being consistent with your clients, work will come to you. I guarantee you work will come to you. 100%. And that's, that's how it is for most entrepreneurs who do good work. You are, if your work or your business is coming to you by word of mouth, then that in of itself tells you that you're doing good work Mm -hmm. Uh, because that is the best kind of referral is a referral from a existing or previous client. And you know, so that, that going into, you know, going back to my point about some of you are going to have an easier time finding your first client because you've been in dentistry. And then there's those of you that are transferring in. I have a lot of people that I coach and mentor that are in the medical billing arena and they're, I'm bringing them into dentistry. And though they have the same concepts in terms of timely filing timeframes and clean claim submission, and all of that applies to billing in general. But learning the ins and outs of dentistry is a little harder, and they don't have that pool of dental people that they can tap into. It might be a little bit harder. But again, once you start, once you decide that you're going to get started, once you get started, 
you don't need it all figured out. Just go find your first client, knock on doors, pass out flyers, you know, call offices. The phone is such an amazing marketing tool. And it is the best way to get to know people. You know, I remember back in the day, because you, as everybody knows, or for most of you that are still getting to know me, I built my empire um, doing my own workshops on dental coding and billing. And I've done that in 31 states throughout the US. All in the beginning, it was literally picking up the phone and calling local offices and letting them know that we're going to be doing a coding and billing workshop. And we would cross our fingers that somebody would say, oh yeah, we want to go ahead and sign three people up. And that's how we started. Uh, mm-hmm. If if I can get a room of a hundred people to show up, then, and that, and that's how we started back in, you know, 2011, when we got nine people to show up or 20 people to show up, I promise you can find your first client just by yeah. picking up the phone and letting them know what you there do. Is a, in one street, there's like 10 dentists. <laughs> One of them, one of them has to say my uh, Miami and and LA, we have the most saturated market in dentistry. Like I think it's, um, you know, Florida's up there with a ton of dental practices, California, we have 36,000 active practices. Just, I mean, you can go into a, a professional building and it'll have 28 office suites and every single office will be a dentist. And my building in the building that I'm in right now, there's two dentists. Are, you better, they better be your client. They're not. <laughs> Can you believe that? They are not. Not yet, right? It's not right. yet. I have not gone to knock on their door, to be honest with you, yeah. but I am. I will. I will do that. <laughs> They're not, but, but I, you know, I'm working on it. It'll happen. Yes. It'll okay. happen. Well, I mean, Valerie, this has been such an inspiration. We could go on and on about everything that you've been through. I want the listeners to understand that, you know, it is possible. Yes. It is. And there's work out there for everyone. Yeah. And one day you're going to be looking back and I'm talking about the listeners, those of you that have decided that you are going to make this dream come true. Those of you that decided that, you know, you may not want to be as big as Valerie, you may just want five clients and that's okay. You may not want a team and that's okay. It just depends on what your dream looks like. Yeah, the yeah. idea is go get it. It's ready. It's waiting for you on the other side. It's not a matter of can I, it's a matter of will I. Mm-hmm. And once you decided that you are willing to do the work, you're willing to put yourself out there. And I'm not talking about social media because I know a lot of you are going to take it like, oh, I have to have Instagram page. I have to, you don't. Don't I have like 200 followers? Yeah, I mean, I I started doing the I started paying someone to do posts, and you know, and then I was like, "Mm, for what? I don't (laughs) really, you know. They 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 were like, oh no, because we can do different things to teach people about billing. I'm like, you know, it's not really my thing. Yeah, I'm more of a, you know, I'm I'm not. I've always said it. I'm not a I'm not a trainer, Mm. but. I will, I will allow if someone wants to come and shadow, I will be super open to it. And I'll say, listen, come on over. You want to come for a week, two weeks and just see our day to day. That is fine by me. And don't be, don't be um, nervous when she puts you to work too, because if you're going to stand around, you have to learn stand around and do some work. <laughs> that's how you have but to learn. I think that's an amazing offer, Valerie. Uh, where's your office located currently? 
So we're in Miami. We're actually right next to FIU, Tamiami. FIU, okay. not not the not the um, Fort Lauderdale FIU. Um, we are literally on Eighth Street and one eighteen. Okay. So it's like it's everybody that knows where FIU is, they'll know where my office is. Okay. So your invitation to have have someone who's interested in starting their own billing business because if again friends she does not have the competition mindset that is a very fixed mindset and we don't want to go into entrepreneurship with a fixed mindset that you know i i need to hoard all of my secrets i need to hoard you know if if that was the case i would be out of business if i had a fixed mindset and i thought oh my gosh i need to keep all my secrets to myself valerie is very much of a growth mindset and if you guys know the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset, a growth mindset is one that, you know, believes there's enough business out there for all of us. A uh, growth mindset is, is one that believes the, the cup is half full. Um, so don't think that she's going to hold anything back. So for those of you that want to go and shadow her. That's why I, I offer the shadowing, because <clears throat> being in my office, you'll see our day to day. You'll see what we do. And it's, you know, and, and and I will, and, you know, I will literally sit there and tell you, I want to see, I want you to do it because I want us to, I want to make sure that you are grasping everything. So definitely, um, I do put that out there. I'm super open. You know, I was, I was just talking to someone on my team and he was like, you know, we should go out there and and hang out with her at her office. Yes. 100%. So, I mean, I would love to go myself. I'm going to take you up on that offer and I don't think I'm going to shadow. I think I'll just sit down and get to work. And yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. I'm going to put you to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's we're going to remember old times. I'm going to have you do a breakdown and everything. <laughs> All right. I would love it. I would love it. So thank you so much, Valerie, for spending this time with us. And I am so grateful that you were able to share your journey with our listeners. If you guys want to stay in touch with Valerie, you want to go shadow her in her office. I'm going to put all of the ways to get to uh, get in touch with Valerie or connect with her in the show notes. So be sure to go check out the show notes. I am also going to let you guys know when I will be heading out to Miami and hanging out with her so she can put me to work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Valerie. There's a lot of work. (laughs) There is. I know. Tell, Tell me about it. Okay. So I know you have another meeting to get to with your new potential client. So good luck with that. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. It was nice seeing you, Erica. Oh, nice seeing you too. Bye. Bye. Okay, my friends, that's going to wrap up today's episode on the Dental Billing Podcast. I can't wait until the next episode, and I hope that you join me. Until then, take care.